I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling myself. I'm in the building and I'm feeling myself. Cut the music off. He was just killing it. Are you serious? Yeah, he sounds like my grandfather. <laughs> Your grandfather must have been Marvin Gaye mixed with a little Stevie Wonder, because my man is changing the straight game, man. Look at him. My, 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 my music hits me so hard. Makes me say, oh my lord, thank you for blessing me. What am I doing? And welcome to Earbuds and Airworms. I'm Amy. I've got a lot of confidence. Shepard, and this is... Mitchell Manley. Cautious, but confident. Uh, but you see, you're you're like super confident. I don't know if you know this. Like, was it your... Did you say you're a Leo? I am a Leo, yeah. Right. And I think that's like from like the first or second episode you were on about how you like, you, you think a lot about yourself. So. Yeah, it's 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 a weird dichotomy where like I, I try to be humble and I know that I'm not the best at everything and I know my shortcomings, but like at the same time I, I am a Leo and I know that uh, there are things that I'm good at or proficient at and I like <laughs> to show people that I'm good and proficient at certain things and I like to get feedback on how good I am at certain things even if I'm like, ah, whatever, I'm not that good. I, it, that just means I love hearing you say nice things about me, so. Oh, yeah, like, you'll, like, shuffle your feet and, like, look down, and you're like, I'm not that mm-hmm. good, waiting for that compliment. Right, yeah, tell me more, I'm listening. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, tell, tell me more about how great I am. Um, so, how did this come about? Like, I, I can't even remember, I don't know, what week is this? What year is this? Right, It's yeah. the year that's not happening, so I don't even know how this, this theme happened. So, I think part of it was last week in our Disney episode, uh, we had a couple villain songs that were submitted. And uh, the villain songs are just so good. Uh, I, I remember we talked about Gaston from uh, Bell and, uh, from from Beauty and the Beast, and Gaston's song is just all about how great he is. And so, you know, the same thing with a lot of villain songs. It's always about how awesome they are, or how evil they are, or whatever. And and so, I think maybe that was in the back of my head. You know, Gaston just being full of himself, uh, but also just some other songs that I was listening to, just kind of popped that into my head so I was like all right well how about some self-love we can all use some self-hype and some self-love and you know it's okay to be full of yourself sometimes and have a little bit of that boost of confidence so uh, let's bring some songs this week that do that ah and what song did you bring to like exemplify that this week I'm gonna start us off with John Grant and his song GMF half of the time I think I'm in some movie I play the underdog You have the nerve to make me feel 
have submitted this one before because it's such a brilliantly composed song with like a really elaborate song structure overall. Uh, we can only play a minute of it here, but it's a five-minute song that really goes on a journey musically. And so I hope this one uh, catches your ear a little bit, and maybe you'll go look it up on YouTube and check out the full song and the music video. Uh, it's called GMF, which stands for Greatest Motherfucker. And the choruses of the song, you know, he sings, I am the greatest motherfucker that you're ever going to meet from the top of my head to the tips of the toes on my feet. And the whole song is just this sort of battle of this guy's ego. You know, in the verses, he's kind of calling himself on his shortcomings. You know, he mentions that he talks too much and in conversations. He's usually waiting for the other person to stop talking just so that he can talk. And he talks about these, like, delusions of grandeur. And he's, like, daydreaming about who will play him in a movie about his life. And, he, you know, he's basically saying, look, I'm full of myself and I have all these flaws. And some of them I'm working on. Some of them I'm really not. And I'm fully aware of these shortcomings, but I don't aim to be perfect. Perfect. And, you know, despite my character flaws, I'm still just one of the greatest motherfuckers you're ever going to meet because I'm gifted, I'm creative, I'm a unique thinker, and I'm this anomaly of a person. And, and like tied into that greatness is a lot of trauma and a lot of repression and redirecting your fear and anxiety into the overconfidence and arrogance. And, you know, you can say that that's not healthy, but it worked to produce the, the badass standing before you, you know. And, and like I said, it's, it's a five-minute song, so you can really get a lot of the, the nuance lyrically and musically over the course of the jam. And it's just a perfect ode to like loving yourself despite your imperfections and also a plea for others to love you despite your imperfections as well. So, Yeah, and I like there's a lot of dichotomy in here because normally when you hear a song that mentions the person being the greatest motherfucker, it's more of an upbeat, like, tonally song, and this is like kind of like, low-key chill in a way until he gets to the the chorus where he does announce that he is the greatest <laughs> motherfucker um it's i don't know it's super exceedingly mellow and introspective and you know i, I really like that part of it uh there's this drum situation that's nice and like marchy but i think that's just because i think snare drums are marching band drums sure. and yeah I mean, those are there. I didn't just make that up, right? Yeah, it starts off with like a, a sort of uh, marchy drum roll, and, and it gets a little bit more straightforward rock kind of drums after that. But the first verse definitely starts off with the sort of drum rolls, and yeah. So I see yeah, what you're talking about. Yeah, it's like about. you can, yeah, you kind of hear it. Now, so you were earlier while you're discussing the theme and stuff, you were talking, or I guess I brought it up that you're a Leo, that you're like, you kind of think, you know, you essentially are like the guy in the song, aren't you? I mean, in a lot of ways, I, I, I don't think that I'm the sort of person that uh, waits for the other person to stop talking just so I can talk. I try to be a legitimately good listener, and, and I, I understand that other people have stuff to say, and I'm kind of shy in a lot of ways, but... You know, I, I definitely think that I'm a very intelligent dude and I know that I'm not the smartest dude on the planet, but like I'm smart and I like for people to notice that I'm smart. And uh, certainly I, I can fall into line with that, you know, the overarching theme, which is I'm not perfect, but I, I'm pretty great. And I think you should love me for that, <laughs> despite my imperfections. Aww. Well, yeah, you, you definitely don't have the overconfidence issue like he does where he's definitely waiting just to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know. I think that going from that conversation to this song was like perfect. Just yeah. saying, good job, Mitchell. Yay. Good job. Um, <laughs> I struggled this week. Uh, this week I ended up bringing Will I Am's I Am. Go, break it down. Beats rhymes, no one can defeat mine. Elite, delete, and those were petite minds. 
not the one with the criminal mind. Changing my mind if you keep fucking with mine. Non-stop when it comes to dropping phone. Non-stop when I'm letting loose my jones. Rocket it, who's rocking it? Will I am, brother, I am. Will I am, straight out of Cali, Cali. That was incredibly hard to say. Um, I'm, I found out this week I'm terrible at picking narcissistic songs that I haven't heard directly from the radio by some like bebopping girl singer. Um, so I just... I, I was it was difficult. I wanted to bring Art Star by the Yeah Yeah Yeahs, but turns out I've already submitted that song before. Because as like you can like tell, it. I've I've quit giving a fuck if we've used it before. <laughs> I try to like put some distance between it, but like if it's a good song, we've got a nice rotating cast of listeners that it'll be new to most of them. So yeah, no, I mean I'm pretty sure most folks haven't heard the 14th episode of this show. So yeah, um, I don't know. I just right. I like this song for like a hype song you know um i i mean art star like i like because i i would just hype myself up with that if i had an art show coming up or something but this one um will i am he's super into himself any song you listen to is him talking about how awesome he is so i think that he's got you know he can back that up uh much like pharrell and kanye he writes some just like solid bops and i just I don't know. This was a super obvious on the nose song, but I really, really enjoyed it. There's beatboxing in the beginning and it's kind of simple. Um, he le- he legit thinks he's going to get a Nobel for songwriting. So there's that. And I don't know. It's just sparse musically, a little call and response. And just for a lot of Will I Am stuff, it's very produced. And this wasn't as nearly overproduced as he normally does. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I definitely love the lyrics of this one, but I especially love just the swagger just from the rhythm of the beat and the delivery. Uh, each lyrical phrase starts off with I am, which kind of reinforces, you know, his self-knowledge. And he, he knows what his skills are, and he's got this unabashed confidence in who he is. And, you know, it's not I'm trying to be such and such or, hey, haters, sit back and watch because someday I'm going to be such and such. It's I am, you know, it's like right now in your face, deal with it. I am the best. I am <laughs> relentless. I am putting in the most work. I am an undeniable force. And he just reinforces it lyrically throughout the song and the beat of the music punches with each I am. And so like by the end, you're just bobbing your head, uh, just like feeding off of his energy and, and, you know, you're starting to feel a little extra swag yourself. And so just super, super catchy. Definitely gets me feeling myself. Yeah. It just made me realize though that Will I Am also wrote the song I'm a B. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he has another song called uh, What I Am. And so it's like, yes. he's got I Am, What I Am, and then mm-hmm. I'm a B. He's just, just got so many I Am. Yeah. And his name is Will I Am. So, or I mean, his name's William, but he goes by Will I Am. So, it's like, yeah, I mean, come on. He, he knows who he is. Mm-hmm. He's like, um, you put this out, and I believe you got like a flood of responses like immediately. Yeah, it didn't uh, take long. Yeah, because I know that. Uh, 
I think I fell asleep and you took the executive decision making upon yourself as you do, which I need you to do. And um, you posted this and like, you're like, hey, no worries. I've already figured this out. Um, Our first year buddy is Joshua, who brings Prince and the new power generations. My name is Prince. I'm pretty sure Prince is the epitome of swagger and confidence. Uh, that like that was his whole brand. Uh, he's got this very distinct sound, and I think anytime Prince comes up, you talk about that he has this distinct funk uh, sound that really defined the era, or like the two or three decades that he was really, really prominent in, and. I don't know. It, it kind of goes with the I Am song because he is literally just describing who he is and why he is awesome. And that Prince was really good at doing that. So uh, I like the fact that um, he he takes credit for a fake riot that's happening because of a, a concert at Paisley Park uh, right, yeah. in his music video. And uh, Christy, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, whatever. There's a whole newscast at the beginning. It's pretty <laughs> cool. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't pass up the opportunity to, to open up the Ear Buddies section with the master of self-confidence, Prince. Uh, the dude was like five feet tall, like kind of effeminate, weird and quirky as fuck, but he just carried himself with 10 tons of confidence, and he was just so talented and so smart and such a brilliant mind that he just made himself into a sex symbol, you know, not by cultivating what other folks thought was sexy, but by redefining what sexy meant so that it aligned with whatever the fuck he was doing, and it just worked wonders, you know, and, and you know, I've heard plenty of stories about Prince's ego, and I'm not sure I could have been the one to deal with him most of the time, but there's absolutely something to be said about someone with, like, such fervor and confidence and, like, vision and drive, just someone so self-assured of their own ideas and creativity that they will not compromise, they won't compromise, they won't relent, you know, they won't stop until they've accomplished the thing that they've set their mind toward, and I can't entirely justify, you know, being shitty to everyone around you to achieve the goal, but I can say from previous life experiences that I'll probably put up with quirkiness and arrogance a lot longer uh, from someone who's using it to express some actual genius, and uh, Prince undoubtedly did just that. Yeah, like, I don't think he could have gotten away with half his uh, nonsense if he hadn't have been so dang talented right? and so very sure of his own talent. Um our next ear buddy is Alex, who brings a uh, Demi Lovato's "Sorry Not Sorry." Baby, fineness is the way to kill. Tell me how I feel, but it's such a bitter pill. And yeah, I know you thought you had bigger, better things, but right now this Cause the grass is greener under me. Brightest technicolor, I can tell that you can see. And yeah, I know how bad it must hurt to see me. Back is bad. 
My favorite banger of 2017, Mitchell. Mm-hmm. I I like pop. <laughs> <laughs> I really like pop, and this one is one of those like songs that I would blast when uh when it came on the radio. There's like two major pop stations in Memphis, and so I would like totally blast it in the before times. Um, the before times of me having a scooter because <laughs> right. I don't have a radio on that. So yeah. <laughs> I don't blast anything. Um, this is truly the song I would have chosen, but Alex like, you know, popped on in here first with it. It is a solid banger. And I like the idea of like, just like going and thriving and like, as your revenge. I don't know. That's just, that's just like the teenage girl in me. I can't <laughs> help it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll admit that I've never been a huge Demi Lovato fan. I've always kind of seen her as like, just kind of a step behind her contemporaries. Uh, but this is certainly a well-produced piece of pop music and lyrically, it'll definitely put you into that feeling yourself mode. Uh, I think the spirit of the song is expressed most clearly in the line, feeling expired, feeling inspired because the tables have turned. Yeah, I'm on fire and I know that it burns. Uh, this this one's obviously that sort of revenge anthem where someone un- underestimated you or kind of left you behind and now the tables have turned and you're coming up and, and just seeing someone who did you wrong suffering while things start to pan out for you. It's, it's kind of a vindicating feeling and it, it kind of drives you to like work even harder so that you can rub it in their face. You know, it's, it's one thing to like feel good and feel confident in your abilities and accomplishments, but there's something invigorating about being in that sort of zero sum situation where your success is coming at the expense of someone else's failure, uh, particularly like an enemy's failure. And, <laughs> and as selfish and narcissistic as it sounds, it can be a really powerful feeling uh, to get that vindication that you were on the right track. And now that other person is, is paying the price for their hubris. And the song sums that up pretty well, I think. You're speaking from experience, it sounds. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd have to say I've <laughs> I've probably been in this situation a time or two. I was like, I think everybody has, but, you know, just sounded really well thought out for, you know, just, uh, you know. Yeah, I found myself moment. in some situations over the course of my life. We'll put it that way. <laughs> yeah. Um, our next year buddy is Jacques, who brings Run the Jewels Banana Clipper. Hey, we the village, we attacking this bad guy. me, merciless me, putting pain in they sad eyes. This type of Skywalker talks me to true Darth Vader. I hit your mom in 03, but a G ain't Ada. So, baby boy, you should tighten up and show some respect. Before I melvin on your Jody, put my arm on your neck. A worse yet, be the reason your girl wanna divorce. Be at a career with your kids saying, fuck your fork. Well, nigga. The style is radiation leaking my island, also known as Chernobyl talk. Listen for the sirens, for the green I'm a hoarder. Yorta, hoarder, sorta, sorta, morbid sun in these fucking hoarder explorers aboard. Enough of your bummy shit, it's numb to the core shore. Suck a good dick for the fame and could have resist getting played. I fuck like I'm headed to war, I'm really not playing no games. Hey, Tabby, hey, goddammit, I'll hey, kill the carrier hey, mentions my hey, name. I'm a soldier, fortune, a mercenary on beat. I'm merciless, I torture MC tie both of their feet. If they refuse to run the 
news, we beat the bottoms of feet. I'm talking grip class, guys, to the top. Yeah, the truth is that this episode probably should have been all hip-hop because no one does self-confidence and hype like hip-hop artists. Uh, hip-hop developed in, in street culture where folks are constantly having to prove themselves. You know, uh, you got to have a hustle and you got to learn to be the best at your hustle. You got to learn how, not only how to like out-hustle your competition, but you have to have that ego and self-confidence that like keeps other folks from even trying to come for what's yours. And so that bravado and that braggadocio is just like such an important element and attitude in hip-hop. And with gigantic personalities like LP and Killer Mike, there's just no competing with Run the Jewels. Uh, LP and Killer Mike have paid their dues several times over, have gained their bragging rights and street cred from from both their music and their social outreach. And there's just no one better than those dudes. So so when they rap about being the best and being unstoppable, it's not just hip hop bravado for them. You know, uh, they're long past the the fake it till you make it phase. These dudes can rap about that shit with pure unadulterated confidence because everyone already knows that they're the realest and you know you can show me great lyricists all day and you can show show me someone who who does tons for their community but no matter what skills they have they just don't have it in that perfect combination that that run the jewels has achieved um yeah so this is where i'm going to admit that like it was it killer mike has a netflix show for a minute yeah, Trigger and, Warning, I think is what it's called. Yeah, Trigger Warning. And um, so I, I binge-watched all of that in one evening and ended up buying uh, Run the Jewels merch. Mm-hmm. So that I, I wear, like, I have floral shirts that say, Kill Your Masters now. Yes. <laughs> so I feel like they definitely have the charisma to get me to wear a shirt that says, Kill Your Masters with flowers all over it. Um, this episode really could have just been RTJ, like completely. Uh, Genius, the the site was made for songs like this, and I was somewhat disappointed in the annotations because "eloquent like the president" was just a. Uh, it just annotated what "eloquent" meant, and I was like, "Yeah, we could we could parse this a little further," um, because that's not just what Killer <laughs> sure. Mike is referencing. Um, uh, I. I also like I haven't seen the movie Baby Boy and it's referenced a couple times and I simply cannot believe that Snoop Dogg knocked over a child's pillow fort. <laughs> um but back to the point, yes, Killer Mike is smooth uh even though was it it's like the opening line calls he calls himself an African American elephant but he's like smooth like an like a uh, he's smooth despite his size that's what he's saying right, yeah yeah and then lp is just a really good rapper that um usually makes a lot of dick jokes but you know yeah as as you do uh but i i simply i love their swagger and like how much they're really into themselves i don't know it just makes me happy when i see them like happy about how baller they are and how drunk they were in that tiny desk concert <laughs> fabulous <laughs> Um, our next everybody is Jeremy S. who brings Lou Rawls, You'll Never Find Another Love Like Mine. You'll never find It'll take the end of all time Someone to understand you Like I do You'll never find Just us two
I generally disagree with anyone who ever tells me that they are the only one, but I'll allow it this once, mostly for the smoothness of delivery. Uh, the beat and the swells are just perfect. He says he isn't trying to make her stay, so I guess I'm going to just let it be forgivable that he is saying that he is the only one for her because he's not trying to force her to stay. It's not a, it's not a guilt trip. It's just he feels that they're you know soulmates yeah i think i think this song he's sort of been given the chance to make his presentation you know he's, he's like okay well he's got he, his powerpoint right here's my powerpoint here's my ted talk here's what i got to say and so he goes at it and it's it's wonderful uh yeah jeremy submitted several great ones this week actually and i almost went with the archie bell and the drell song it was called there's going to be a showdown uh, it's kind of a sleeper hit, but this song is just such a classic, and, and all the ear buddies have probably heard it somewhere a million times without even knowing who it is, and it's just so perfect in so many ways. Uh, the intro and the verses are like super smooth and chill, like kind of quiet confidence, and then the choruses step it up into something a little bit more bombastic and attention-grabbing, and you can kind of feel that escalation of power and confidence in his voice and, and in his energy, and his tenacity just kind of builds and builds throughout the song, and it starts just seeping out out of every crack by the end of the song he, he's got all these extra ad-libbed vocal stuff kind of going on over the normal vocals and just exploding confidence and charisma all over the place by the end so <laughs> it's definitely a song that gets me on the good foot you know yeah i'm gonna say exploding confidence and charisma seems kind of lewd well i mean <laughs> I, I think there's probably some subtext within there okay <laughs> that's it just feels kind of okay subtext all right yeah okay we'll take it um jason h is her next ear buddy he brings lou reed's my name is mock from rock and roll my name is mock thanks a lot i know you love the pain you got you've never seen the likes of me why i'm the biggest thing since world war three girls So this song's from a, a cartoon rock musical called Rock and Rule, which I'd never even heard of, but uh, apparently it takes place in a post-apocalyptic United States uh, populated by mutant humanoid animals, and uh, singing voices for the characters are provided by folks like Lou Reed and Iggy Pop, Debbie Harry, Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, and then the soundtrack features all of those folks' bands and even throws in Earth, Wind, and Fire for good measure. So, uh, yeah, like we learned in the Disney episode last week, villains usually get the best songs in any musical. This one's no exception. Uh, Mock's singing voice is provided by Lou Reed, and his character design seems to be a cross between David Bowie and Mick Jagger. So needless to say, Mock is clearly just the baddest, most swagginess dude in the galaxy. And, and evil or not, the song just kind of makes me want to join his side. Uh, I'm not sure how I missed this film, but I'll definitely be checking it out this week, and I will report back. <laughs> Animation-wise, it's like kind of terrifying in a way, sure. but very stylized, and I guess it was late 70s, early 80s-ish. 
I don't know. It looks to be from, like, Smurf era. Um, not at all surprised that Lou Reed, like, plays mock at all. Like, he he was always really, really confident of uh, his abilities and um, his own vision for things. Now, like, that, you know, another big ego that he butted heads with was uh, Andy Warhol, I guess, who really aided in getting the Velvet Underground well-known. But he was always pissed that uh, Andy Warhol said that he did not have a good singing voice. So then I guess he went on to prove how awesome he was by having the huge career after the Velvet Underground. You know, I mean, he became Lou Reed. Yeah, exactly. And, like, you don't need a great singing voice to be a charismatic front man is the thing. Like, yeah, Lou Reed's singing, he's not, his vocal range isn't impressive. It's not like he's hitting these beautiful melodies, but he's got attitude and swagger. You know, that's what this whole episode's about, and Lou Reed had it in spades, so... Our next ear buddy is Metal Johnny, who brings DJ Shadow's walkie-talkie. You know, I think I'll tell you the story. DJ Shadow would be able to pull this like whole thing off. Like he's mixing other hype songs about being badasses to make it about him being a badass, which of course he is. DJ Shadow is one of the most listenable DJs I've ever listened to that isn't stuck in house music, dance pop, whatever, electro beats. I don't know. He he's like he has so many archive songs and clips that must be super vast. And, uh, yeah, like, I don't know how he, he does it because he's got to have an encyclopedic knowledge of everything that he has in his collection. And you have to have a vast collection to make what he makes. I, I don't know. I did finally do some research and it turns out he has like over 60,000 records. Yeah, I wish insane. I knew. Yeah. I wish I knew exactly how he was doing this because like 1998, or 96 was when he released End Traducing. Mm-hmm. So that, I mean, that album still sounds like it could have been mixed today. Mm-hmm. It's so good. And, I mean, he's done collaborations with uh, Run the Jewels and just so much. And it's just so good. It's just so good. So I, I just really ought to learn more about him. Um, turns out he's been DJing since high school, though. Yeah, I, I suggest to anyone who, who likes DJ Shadow or anyone who's into sort of uh, the Scratch record culture and DJ culture, uh, check out a movie called Scratch. Um, you know, obviously the scratching thing is, is a huge thing in DJ culture, but the whole, the documentary has, has to do with so much more than just the, the development of, like, Scratch turntablism and, and talks about just how people like DJ Shadow and Cut Chemist and all those guys accrue so many records and how 
they've got that encyclopedic knowledge of of you know all the records in their collection kind of like you and i were talking about before we you know kicked off the microphones that like you know dj shadow has sixty thousand records and he knows what's on all of them and so it's like if he needs just a, a sample that just goes up you know he just goes to what he already knows what records he has that has a dude just going up and he just like goes and samples it and it's, it's just incredible to have all of that knowledge just crammed into your brain and you know this one kind of harkens back to what we were saying about hip-hop culture being a, a culture of swagger and self-confidence and constantly like proving that you're the best and, and dj shadow is one of the best and most unique djs of all time so uh this is one of his songs where he's just pulling out all the stops obviously put so much time and commitment into creating this track proving that not only does he have better ideas than other djs but also that he's willing to go further than anyone else and work harder than anyone else to see those ideas to fruition and like you said, he's known for having a huge and eclectic record collection, painstakingly combed through, uh, you know, to, to sample singular words and phrases from probably hundreds of records just so he could put together this track and prove that he's the best at the audio collage aspect of DJing. But then he cuts loose with the scratching, too, which he also happens to be just searingly good at. And by the end of it, it's just undeniable, much like with Run the Jewels. You know, you may be a great DJ and you may have some unique skills, but no one can touch DJ Shadow in the in the perfect little niche that he's carved for himself. He's just undeniably one of the best. Yeah, I've got to say, like, um, so in college, the first round, I went to a talk by uh, DJ Spooky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, I really like a lot of his stuff, but it turns out, I, I guess he just is like, he's like the louder like talking about the audio collage thing than DJ Shadow is because you can listen to DJ Spooky and just hear how much he loves DJ Shadow's stuff and how good all that stuff is. But, you know, I want to like DJs ah, really, really good. Like there's some really, really good DJs out there and just impressive. Um, We did get some like feedback. Uh, it happened like two weeks ago, but I'm catching up on my podcast on my weeks off. Um, <laughs> So, uh, not this past week, but the previous week on (laughs) Jeremy and Brian tried to podcast, uh, Jeremy Holmes of, uh, you know, like 10710 fame, uh, and the host of the beverage minute talks about, he's like saying, Hey, everybody go and like pay attention to earbuds and earworms. He even said that we're underrated, which I think that sounds like he thinks we're good. I like that. And. Yeah, and then they talk about, like, our production, which today you're just going to hear thunder in the background. Just sorry. Yes, sorry, listeners. <laughs> it's it's atmosphere. <laughs> it's just atmosphere. Um, but the episode title is Jeremy's Spoken, and it's really good. And then you can uh, go and yell at Jeremy Henson about his mask etiquette. Um, that's all I'm going to hype on that. <laughs> just going to say. <laughs> um, you can tweet at us. I'm at Pow I Gotcha. And I'm at Madam Woolite, and the show is at Ian D. Pod. Uh, the Facebook group is Earbuds and Earworms Podcast Group, and the voicemail line is 731-400-BUDS, or 731-400-2837. You can email the show, iandpod at gmail.com, and you can always check out uh, our online presence, iandpod.com, part of the 10710 Network. And you should go and listen to, like, the other shows. I really love Jeremy and Brian tried to podcast, mostly because I like to shake my head a lot. <laughs> and um, the Beverage Minute is about weird, funky drinks that are non-alcoholic. So 
have some weird funky drinks and then a bunch of a bunch of old ones and energy drinks there's weird flavors going on (laughs) just some weird flavors yeah (laughs) what's our final song this week I'm going to leave us with Donnie Benet and his song, Mr. Experience. Uh, I discovered Donnie Benet a few weeks ago thanks to the YouTube algorithm, and I've just been hooked on his songs ever since. Uh, his music is hugely influenced by like 70s soul and disco and R&B, and so he uses tons of classic synthesizers, and he's just a powerhouse of a bass player. So his songs just get me hype, make me want to practice bass. Uh, unlike most of the other songs that we got this week, this one is written in the third person about a man known only as Mr. Experience. Uh, but as his videos and album art will imply, he himself is Mr. Experience. And this is the sort of like theme song that he's written for himself, kind of in the vein of like Shaft. Just a song about how badass he is and how he always delivers the goods and whatever task he's taken on. So uh, I think the chorus sums it up well enough. He sings, when you need the one who will deliver it, you know you got to call Mr. Experience. There is no questioning the satisfaction with someone so confident, Mr. Experience. And the song is just super groovy. And I, I think to truly appreciate Donnie Benet, you sort of have to see him. So if the song strikes your musical fancy, please do yourself a favor. Look up Donnie Benet's YouTube videos. Uh, he's definitely very humorous, very self-deprecating. Uh, but clearly the guy's a musical genius and seemingly just a sweet, rad dude. Uh, so yeah, hopefully we've invigorated your self-confidence a little bit with this episode this week, but just in case you made it this far without feeling hype, I'll leave you in the capable hands of Donnie Benet with Mr. Experience.
Thundering. <laughs> uh, hold on. Okay. Um, 